0: Welcome to the ICANN Podcast. The ICANN Podcast is the podcast for the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Catholic Conference serves as the public policy voice for the Church on behalf of the five Catholic dioceses in Indiana. So, welcome to the Indiana. Catholic Conference Podcast, known as the ICANN Podcast. Today I'm joined by our Executive Director, Angela Espada, and we're gonna be talking about the first week of the Indiana General Assembly. So Angela, you wanna start out with some comments about yourself and the General Assembly this week?
1: Thank you, Alexander. Alexander uh, is our associate director, and the General Assembly got started in a new and different way uh, because of COVID. Um, I'm sure people listening can identify with that because all of our lives have been altered. There won't be as many in person meetings, um, and so it's important, more important now than ever, that when there are action alerts to either call or email or do both to contact uh, your lawmakers because we can't uh, accost them in the hallways as much as we mm-hmm. used to in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, for this week, uh, we just wanna remind everybody that our episodes are uh, a couple of minutes long. We're not gonna be dragging on for hours and hours talking about the minutiae of the latest bills, but we do wanna provide a very succinct summary of what we've experienced throughout the week. So. This week during the session, we had a couple of issues come up. Uh, the first one we can start with is SEA 148. And um, this is a bill that came up last session. This was in 2020. And so I'll let Angela tell you a little bit more about SEA 148. SEA
1: 148, and it's SEA because it was enacted. And and when we're making references, we'll usually say HB House bill or SB Senate bill. Uh, it, It was enacted, signed into law. It is the only bill that was vetoed by the governor this session. And this bill dealt with landlord-tenant issues. And the Catholic Conference was opposed to this bill for a variety of different reasons. It didn't go through the normal process. Language was added to another bill that wasn't really relevant. But at the heart of the matter, it placed um, an unequal balance Um, between landlords and tenants. Um, Also, it happened before the pandemic, and when you have an unlevel playing field that is tilted toward the landlord, we were worried that there could be a multitude of evictions as a result. Governor vetoed it. Now there are some lawmakers um, who want to bring it back and try to override the veto. So we're kind of preemptively looking at this in anticipation that if if this does happen,
0: We'll be ready, and we've already had folks reach out to their senators and say, hey, we want you to say no to a veto override. Correct. Great. Great. Thank you, Angela. So moving on to our next issue, we had a bill come up uh, that discusses end-of-life options. And as we know, the church has spoken many times, and actually recently in, in a letter from the congregation from the Doctrine of Faith, um, spoke to this issue of of end-of-life options, euthanasia, uh, and care for the elderly. So Angela, do you want to talk a little bit more about this bill?
1: End-of-life options, it's HB 1074. It's crafted in a way that if you didn't look at it, you would think, well, yes, people should have options for the end of their life and how they're going to be cared for. What this end-of-life option is, physician-assisted suicide by another name and it provides for medication to be prescribed by a physician to end someone's life. It also provides that if they have an insurance policy that and, and and if this were to become law, if an insurance policy had a clause against suicide, that they would still receive benefits. And in addition to someone ending their life prematurely, we also have concerns about someone being coerced so that someone could receive an insurance payment. Um, there's so many things wrong with this bill. Uh, not the least of which um, that calling it end of life options when it's actually physician assisted suicide is wrong. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you. So this is, this is one that we'll continue to watch throughout the session. We don't really have any, any indication that it's going to go anywhere necessarily. Is that correct? But
1: yeah, we don't know because, because it's labeled end of life options. I mean, when you have, Two thousand bills, um, and you don't read them in depth. Uh, it's a possibility that a well-intentioned, uh, you know, senator or member of the House of Representatives could vote for it, thinking, "Yes, people should have options." So we're trying to educate people to what it really is, and we'd still like people to be on guard and contact, you know, the representatives to say, "Don't let this pass."
0: Great, thank you. And then. The last issue that has kind of come to our attention is uh, marijuana. Did you want to talk about the issue of legalizing marijuana in Indiana and maybe how some other Catholic conferences have looked at this issue and a lot of other states have, yeah. have uh, had to deal with this in the last couple of years?
1: Some people look at legalizing marijuana uh, the same as you know allowing alcohol to be sold on a Sunday. Um, and you could have a variety of different conversations around it. Some people look at it clearly as a revenue stream. Um, other Catholic conferences has looked at it as um, a way that can, you know, provide wedges in, in families and a gateway to to drugs that could be harmful to people. Um, I don't believe that in Indiana it it may be a problem because just in the last session, uh, we raised the smoking age from 18 to 21. There was also concerns about vaping and raised the age for that. And so if they are consistent, if they're opposed to 18, 19, 20-year-olds smoking and vaping, I would think that they wouldn't want the general public to be able to use marijuana. But again... We have to stay vigil- vigilant. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is an issue that uh, I think a lot of lawmakers would look at from a strictly fiscal perspective, mm-hmm. saying, look at all the money this will bring in. But it seems like the the un, uh, unacknowledged social costs is kind of what we're looking at with the Catholic yeah. Conference, trying to make sure that those don't go unnoticed. Those are the three major issue areas we're looking at this first week, but stay tuned for future weeks of the Indiana Catholic Conference can podcast. We'll be talking about how those weeks are going, which issues are on the forefront of our minds at the Catholic Conference. Ultimately, we ask that you pray for us in our work as we continue throughout the session.
1: In addition to um appreciating your prayers for us and our work. Given the events that happened this week in Washington, D.C., we ask you to pray for our lawmakers, that they uphold the laws and the Constitution and not individual personalities or their personal gain or their personal pursuits. Years ago, I met a minister who had worked with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. And he asked Dr. King how he could continue to do the work that he did. And he said that every night he prayed that hearts of stone would be turned to hearts of flesh. And I think that's what we need right now. For hearts of stone, for whatever reason they've been hardened because of difficulties in their own life or because they followed the wrong person or they believed something that maybe they shouldn't have, whatever reason these hearts of stones are the way that they are, that they'd be turned to hearts of flesh.